Welcome to Between Two Chairs, Demystifying Commercial Real Estate, the podcast that brings you the latest insights and trends on the South Florida commercial real estate market with your hosts, Fernando Arencibia Jr. and Jennifer Wolman. In each episode, we dive into the world of commercial real estate and break down complex concepts to make them accessible for everyone. Whether you're a real estate professional, a curious investor, or just interested in the South Florida market in general, Between Two Chairs is the podcast for you. So pull up a chair and join us. Well, we're back. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Between Two Chairs. Um, we are fresh off of a uh, road trip from Miami to Orlando to scope out a couple properties. And we thought this would be a great time to have a conversation about how do we get to know a new market. And um, I, I think it would be very appropriate to say that the two properties that we went to see are retail shopping centers. That makes a difference uh, because, you know, when you're getting to really know a market, especially in the commercial world, then it becomes very specific by asset class. Jennifer, if you were, you know, if we were over there to look at multifamily or office, I think our approach and our research would have, you know, deferred slightly, but the bulk of, you know, or, or the initial starting point will most likely be the same, which is let's go drive around, walk around, let's get to know an area. Correct. So yeah, I agree that it would have varied a little bit, but it's basically drive to the area, cruise it, really look at it, stop for coffee, um, yeah. try to try to get a feel, look at the different, you know, go several blocks out. So start with your property and then drive or walk outward kind of in a circle, which is what right. we did without really thinking that we were doing <laughs> that. We just started circling around the property, going further and further out. And what yeah. was interesting was both of these properties were in the kind of Orlando metro area. Yeah. But so Lake Mary was about 30, mi 30 minutes away. So, but it was kind of the same more or less Orlando yeah. metro area and two totally different markets. Two right? totally different markets. And yeah. this is one of the things that I find so exciting about commercial real estate because you know, no two assignments are the same. Correct. And I, I love this idea of looking at a property from a fresh mindset and perspective so that you can put yourself in the shoes of whoever is visiting that property for, you know, either whether they are going to be using a space or the people that are actually going to be uh, clients of those, those spaces. And I, I think that that is, you know, a, a wonderful exercise to go through. Right. You know, And I like the way that we did it. So a lot of times when I'm in a market that I know, I start out with the property by going by, taking a look at it, taking pictures, and then I dive into the research, the rents. You know, most right. of the time I know the rents pretty much in the area for a retail property. I know the demographic, I know who's gonna be shopping there, and I pretty much know a, a, a yeah. good client mix. And then I might go in just to make sure that the data hasn't changed from the last census or whatever. But I mean, I right. pretty much know it. I like the fact that this time the gut reaction might have been, oh, well, let's 
research the property. Let's research. Right. Let's do our RPR search. You know, <laughs> going back to MLE right. Lines product. Um, yeah. You know, let's go in and do a deep dive. And we didn't. We were like, let's go. We know Orlando well-ish just because right. of all the traveling we've done up there. But we didn't know this particular neighborhood. So we just said, let's go up and take a look. And so to your yeah. point, we went in pretty much blind to no expectations. We just said, let's go see. Let's go see what's there. Let's yeah. go see the neighborhood surrounding this. And let's drive up and down yeah. the road. And, and we did that. And I think we were able to put together a pretty yeah. good picture of the neighborhood. And then we did go back and we checked and we were pretty much spot on with what we <laughs> with what we thought, um, and the the research that we did following that trip, yeah, kind of stated what we knew that there's an old client mix from I guess legacy clients that have right. been in there for a while that really no longer fit the neighborhood yeah. and the needs of the neighborhood, which has grown up and changed. So I thought that was very interesting because yeah. the current owners didn't really see that. They were going based on the mix and the past needs of the neighborhood. So I thought that was for sure interesting. And I think the, the word curate is a word that I really love, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to retail. And it's this idea of creating the right mix of uh, uses within the shopping center to accommodate to the needs of the area. You know, and I, I, I know that both of us are very much about being data driven and how important that is. But there's two ways to look at that. One of the things is you could say, well, I'm going to look at the data, right, devoid of the experience of actually visiting the space first. Then I'm going to have that inform what I'm seeing in the space. I think sometimes that is not the best approach, especially in retail. I think that the best approach is the way we did it, which is first, let's go to the area. Let's get a sense of what the area is informing us of what the proper product itself is informing us. Then we look at the data and to see if the, if the data supports it. You know, I remember a long time ago, a family member used to work for the Department of Education in, in, in D.C. And when their term was over, they were looking at, well, what other industries are in, uh, in the Maryland area? You know, and he did a lot of research and he realized that. You know, you would think that the majority of the industries are all related to politics and everything that is supporting government structure, but there was a huge, huge industry of manufacturing in that area. And so that was the, that was the area that he was focusing on for his next endeavor. And I thought that that was really interesting to, to let the information inform you um, and to realize that we all have our own prejudices or, or preconceived notions of what some things are ought to be. Sometimes the data, you have to be open-minded to, to let it inform you. But what I loved is that, you know, even though we didn't talk about what we were looking for, we both identified the same things that were of concern to us. One was signage. Right. Um, the way that you enter into the shopping center. Right, the egress and ingress. I, I yeah. thought that the, the, the dynamic, and, I, and you mentioned this, the idea that this was not really a community center, but that it should be a community center was a big you know, component of that. And so you wanna get a little bit into the details of what we saw in the first, in the first location. Sure, um, what, what, what I thought was super interesting that, I guess, cause we've both been doing this so long, but we both instinctively, and I think if you're, if you're new to real estate, this is gonna come naturally over, over time where you just instinctively yeah. know 
what to do and certain things or lack of those items such as signage pop out at you immediately. And one of the things I liked is, so this center is part of a bigger center. So there are really two centers that are kind of tucked back off of, off of the roadway. And the front is lined on one side with fast food restaurants. And then on the other side of the property that we were looking at, there's a gas station. And we drove in and getting to the site that we were looking for was a little bit awkward because it's not a direct drive in. You have to make a couple of jagged turns. Um, not too too bad, You right. easy to overcome because it was very visible where you had to go. But to your point, you, you drove in and you're looking at somebody else's center. Right. And one of the first things we noticed is we started looking at, okay, let's look at who currently makes up each of these centers. We know the fast food is in the front, so who is occupying the center that we were looking at and who was occupying the neighboring center. And one of right. the things we noticed was that a big chunk of the neighboring center was a technical or a vocational school. Right. And they took up a large chunk yeah. of that. And you were brilliant. You said, well, let's stop and interview somebody and see where they go to eat. And this was after we had been to the site, left, and come back. Right. And we found a professor, and we asked the professor, you know, what, where do your students go? Where do you guys go on a break? What do yeah. you do? And she goes, yeah, that's basically it. So it was the fast food restaurants that were in front facing the main, the main thoroughfare. So yeah. we immediately started thinking, wow, there is a huge tenant base here that isn't being served, right? right. They, they have to leave where they are to go get what they need during the day. Yeah. And then we noticed the same thing of the center that we were looking at that is mostly retail on the bottom, very heavily right. health oriented. And yeah. then upstairs is office. And we're like, okay, so for the for all of these health people yeah. that are, you know, pediatricians and everything else, they have nowhere to go either. So they're either bringing lunch from home, eating at these fast food places right. or getting in their car and leaving your center for lunch. So we immediately started thinking of F&B and then we started thinking, well, who else would be a good fit here? And in order, so we looked at two different, I guess, demographics. How could we serve the tenants within the space? And yeah. then how can we serve the community at large? Right. And that's when we went driving yeah. around to see what the community at large had. And yeah. up and down the main drive, there was like, yeah. Nothing but fast food and convenience stores. So people sure. weren't just not in those centers. If they wanted yeah. any real experience, they had to leave their neighborhood. Without a doubt. And I, and I thought it was such an int interesting dynamic that in that, in, in that entire complex, you have, uh, I found out later, over 40,000 square feet that are occupied by the university, this it's a vocational university. They have an enrollment of over 150,000 that are mostly in in the Orlando area. You know, you you immediately want to put yourself in the shoes of if I'm a student here, and you know I just got out of a class, I have another class in about half an hour or in an hour. I might I might be pairing with somebody to do a project or study, especially when it comes to, you know, the tech, laboratory, all that other stuff. And I found there's really no place for me to congregate as a student, have a coffee, and just have that experience. And I'm not gonna get that experience necessarily in that fast food, you know, corners. So I thought that that was, you know, a dynamic component. Then you add to the fact that 
the, the overwhelming majority of the center was, you know, medical and insurance. Uh, you have a lot of office space that, again, it's not being taken care of. They don't have a place to go and get a quick coffee, get a quick service that is not, you know, a fast food joint. And then we started driving around, to your point about going out in circles, and we started seeing multifamily, you know, a lot of apartment buildings in the back that, again, they're within walking distance of the center, but they have no place in the center that is inviting them to come and have food and all other stuff. And I think that that, again, begins to inform, right? Because when you're looking at retail, I think when, if I was at the start of my career and you would have told me, okay, prices, I think I would have just looked for comps. I would have just looked, okay, what other retail is renting in the area? You know, I don't think I would have been as thoughtful about the end the you know the end user because I, I think that that's where the where the where the magic happens is to look at the center from the point of view of the end user and to look where the opportunities are missed. I thought that that was a very dynamic a way to 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 start to inform us about about the area and the needs of the area. I also thought that there were some natural entryways to the center that would in a very natural way take you to the back of the center, which was not really activated. And I thought that that was an interesting dynamic of, you know, how do you reconfigure that so that the entryway is really welcoming and that it really gets to direct people to where you want to be. And I, and I thought that that was um, interesting that we both looked at ways in which you could activate the back areas, ways in which you can, you know, create a community center that was not only servicing the people that are within the center most of the time, but is really the neighborhood and the communities that are surrounding the center. And I think that that's a, a very interesting way to, to really begin to formulate a thesis, right? Or an idea of if I'm representing this shopping center, where should the focus be for, for the landlord? You know, and that's, I think, where we add value. Right, agreed. These are the exciting projects. These are the ones that I love, right? Because to your point, how do you add value? What could this be? This is what it is now, and it's definitely, you know, you can call it a ugly duckling getting ready to be a swan or a caterpillar getting ready to, to go through metamorphosis and become a beautiful butterfly because there was so much potential. There was so much potential given how the neighborhood has obviously grown and having spoken to the landlord, we know that the city is very, very interested in in this this area and this this roadway. So when the landlord was getting ready to go meet with one of the city officials, I said, "Ask them. Don't tell them what you want there because right. they were having issues and and they're getting ready to do some rezoning." And I said, "Ask the city what the city wants." And it was super interesting because the city <laughs> wanted what you and I ended up naturally saying needed to be in that space. Yeah. So again, another kind of goosebump, chill excitement moment, because now right. again, you start seeing the potential of everybody working together and being yeah. able to create an awesome, and it's a natural community space. Even, right. you know, you can even, even if you get buy-in from the people next door, which I think you would, yeah. because you're helping service their largest tenant, right? And there's room for that tenant to grow. Yeah. And so I thought that was really interesting. And something else that you had said at the beginning about, I can't remember, you said something about Orlando as a space and going up with preconceived notions. Right. So one of the things that you think of, the first thing I always think of when you say Orlando is Disney, right? right. So, and, and I bet 99.99% of the people when you say Orlando, yeah. think of Disney. 
right. but Orlando is huge and it's so diverse. You have the University of Central Florida there, which is one of the largest public, right. if not the largest public institution, I think, in yeah. the United States. Right. It's either the UCF. first or the second yeah. UCF. Sure. So, so, you know, there's a huge base. You have yeah. a lot of healthcare in the area. So now all of a sudden you start seeing it as more than just Disney, right. which I think if you look at this strip, which is the entrance kind of to Orlando and it goes right by the airport, yeah. You can see why it was what it was with the fast food. It was it was aiming towards the Disney family tourist whatever. And now as we drove around and we looked around, we're like, okay, right. it's not that anymore, right? It's yeah. now becoming a neighborhood where people live and work and probably would like to play right. <laughs> in, but they're having to leave. So how, how yeah. powerful to be able to create a, a community center in an area that previously was just this thoroughfare. And because it is at the entrance, I think if we do this right, we're going to yeah. be able to transform that whole no roadway, right? For and sure. it's going to be something so much nicer yeah. and much more pleasant, not only for the residents who live there, but yeah. for the people arriving in Orlando, they're going to see, hey, Orlando's more than just, you know, a strip of fast food joints and cheap hotels right. that are for yeah. Disney people. Yeah, I keep thinking that if you build it, they will come. Another thing that I have kept in the front of my mind about Orlando, aside from Disney <laughs> over the last five years, is that I do know that demographically, Orlando is where you're going to have the youngest, you know, growth, right. you know, of people. So uh, that bodes very well for an area that has a lot of land, a lot of opportunity for growth and development. What I found interesting later is that then we started going into the demographics. We we haven't even broken down the comps. Right. We're looking right. just at the use, you know, because we want right. to be very purposeful in the recommendations and where the focus should be for the landlord long term. And we haven't even looked into the zoning. You always say we you pick up a zoning map first and we didn't. Sure. We haven't done that yet we because we feel like first yeah. we need to identify the best use and then we can go in and, yeah. and see. And to the landlord's point, he's getting ready right. to change the, yeah. the zoning. But what if we find that the zoning that they have is better? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> knowing, yeah. that the, knowing that the yeah. city wants to work with them is, no is huge. It's so. important. And I think that that's an important component there because, you know, I think that you, you're going to have, you know, ultimately it becomes almost like a like a private and public partnership without it being officially a private public partnership, right. which is this is where the city would like to see more of. Then it's definitely a natural fit for the area. And so, you know, it just it just becomes a great synergy. So then we found really interesting, like if you really think about it, insurance and medical offices, it doesn't skew young. Right. But then when you look at the demographics within a five minute driving radius of the, of the center, you start to see that when you look at the tapestry centers segments, you know, within the demographics, you have young and restless. Right. And then you have Metro Fusion, which, again, is not in keeping with what we saw in the center. So the center is, you know, I would venture to say that the majority of the people that are patronizing the center, right, are driving further than five miles away, right? right? Then, you know, five minutes away. So like, if you look at this young and the restless, you know, you're talking about uh, a labor force participation rate that is exceptionally high. So they're working or have achieved a college, you know, a degree, 
um, likely to be new to new products. They like they like to follow trends. They like to go to coffee uh, houses and you know they spend a, a, a big amount on experiential you know retail right. Right. and they're mostly Gen X and Gen Z right, right. because they're they're under 35 or so I guess some millennial too millennial right. 29 yeah. years old right yeah um, and so that's you know and then when you look at Metrofusion again you know a similar median age uh, younger residents they take pr pride in their appearance fashion trends you know, they the same thing. They want to go to to a trendy restaurant or right. a trendy coffee place. So there was place. no. So to your point, there were no little boutique shops, no right. coffee shops, no yeah. healthy fast service restaurants. Not not you know not the quick restaurants right. that we're used to, but no right. fast service restaurants. Yeah. You know, so immediately I all within a very captive audience, exactly. which is the you know the people that are occupying forty thousand square feet exactly. of classroom space, you know, and the uh, and the two hundred and something residences that are catty corner yeah. and those apartments that were catty corner yeah. to the property. So yeah, super super exciting. Yeah, and then so we did this tour, and right. then we went thirty miles north, right? right? Yeah, and to a whole different area lake mary i mean I'm, oh my god i'm in love, I'm in love with lake mary. Mary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i love lake mary and i and i you know it's what's there not to love it's beautiful and we had a, a very unique experience and you know we'll, we'll post the video but basically we we realized that when we were looking at other shopping centers around the subject property that we were you know uh, studying one of the things that caught our attention is how perfectly well done and what a perfect example of good zoning there was because right in the major thoroughfare, you had the shopping center. The shopping center was very diverse in in the uh, the retail opportunities that it provided to the residents. You had a good mixture of food and beverage that was within it. A lot of casual stuff and and some some services. that were yeah services that were yeah, there exactly was a beauty parlor, a nail salon, right, a dry cleaner, a barber, a barber a grocery right, store. Correct. And then right behind it, you have multifamily. You know, a, a good mixture of, you know, uh, five-story, six-story, right. multifamily properties. And then it, if you kept driving inward, you go from, so you go from the shopping center, you go to, from the large multifamily, then you go to townhomes, and then you go to, you know, single-family single family homes. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, was just a perfect, perfect. yeah, it really, really was. <laughs> You know, it's like one of those things that you see in a drawing. In a textbook. You know, in yeah, a textbook it was like, drawing. this is zoning. And it was yeah. perfect. And it was so tough. It was so visibly right. obvious, exactly. right? And yeah. then we're like, what a good job they yeah. did curating this whole area in the center to match. And then, of course, we started making fun of each other for how much of a zoning nerds. Who the hell gets excited about, <laughs> oh, my God, look at this I zoning. Let's I go made take him a drive video. back. I'm like, drive back, drive back. we got to drive and take a video of this. You know, it's just, you know, it is it is what it is. But that's, you know, that's why yeah. we get along so it well. Was, yeah, yeah. It was like, and we, Of course, we had to stop and get coffee because we found a great oh, coffee place but in yeah. doing that so the funny thing is yeah. that in doing that because we were 30 minutes away yeah we were like oh my god these guys would fit great this would in be a great center. coffee shop in the other center no and doubt. so you start For seeing sure. how canvassing an area can yeah. can make one smaller um tenant yeah. be, be good for another area and uh 
similar. So in Lake Mary, there's a Seminole College, right? right. So there was a college, different, yeah. but still a college. We noticed the mix, and again, it showed kind of a transient area. So there was yeah. a dollar store and a Winn-Dixie, which is indicative of one demographic. And then right next to the dollar store was a gourmet organic market, which right. is usually a different yeah. demographic. Right. So it was super cool to see the blending of yeah. how this area is obviously in transition. Correct. And credit to the city and to the owners of the retail along that North Country Club Drive because right. they did a beautiful job of really blending did. the two in and yeah. curating the properties. So there was pretty yeah. much everything you needed. And there's a train station nearby and they did a beautiful job with the train station. Yeah. And yeah. they kept the historic, I guess there has always been a train station because yeah. the little history museum, they kept that. and. Yeah. Just, we fell in love with Lake Mary. It was very, very well no, done. You, to your point about that shopping center, because this this is often what you find is, you know, you know that it's in transition. You know that the likelihood is that that Doro store has been there for far longer mm -hmm. than the other shops. That, that multifamily complex couldn't be any older than, you know, five to 10 years, I would say. Yeah. Um, so again, it, it just speaks to the fact that, you know, you build it, they will come. Now you have all these really interesting, you know, even Zaza, you know, shout out to Zaza, which was the coffee place that we found, uh, you know, a modern Cuban twist of a restaurant, but, it, you know, really great idea. And I, and I think that, uh, and great, great coffee, by the way, yes. the center looks brand new. I mean, it mm -hmm. looks like it has been revamped. And to your point in that transition, you could often see like the history of a center by looking at its uh, tenants. Right. And, uh, you know, I think that that's an interesting dynamic, um, you know, to look at. And then that's what we saw as well is, again, what we saw in that other center was, you know, it could do with better signage. It could do with a better presentation based on the demographics that are in the area. And, uh, you know, I'm more in keeping for what it is. Interestingly, both have gas station. So it's, it's a major corner that has an important component, you know, to it as well. What I also found interesting is this idea of how do you look at a space when you're looking at a retail center that also has office to serve both the office, you know, tenant and the retail tenant. I think that that's always an interesting dynamic. Some people like it mm -hmm. and some people do it very well. And, uh, some centers don't do it so well. <laughs> Sometimes they, the needs of both uh, are kind of at, at odds with each other, you know. Right, such as the parking. So if you have right. a lot of medical, you have very, very high demand on parking. So you can't get an office user who also has a ton of demand on parking, right? Correct. So, yeah, yeah I, think, I think to your point, curating is so important. And yeah. that means, you know, you don't just advertise the space for lease and then right. take whoever comes along, you basically have to go out and canvas. Who, who would be a good fit? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we saw, going back to the other one, we saw the, the school, so then we started thinking, okay, who would be a good fit for the retail space, right? To, yeah. help, to help serve the needs of the students and of the current office workers. And then you start thinking, okay, well, if I have already a lot of medical and insurance on the, and, and they have them on the retail, not in the office yeah. space, 
um, which also is not a good thing. I would definitely move the insurance <laughs> from retail space upstairs. Right. But then you start thinking, okay, so if I have a pediatrics office or a daycare or I have this school, so who, who needs office space who services students? Well, maybe a student loan company, maybe yeah. a... Um, or you mentioned in the pediatric, like a speech Right, a speech therapist, or, yeah. or, you know, you have a lot of health care, so who could use office? Well, maybe a nutritionist, you know, right. or a dietitian. So yeah. you start thinking of good fits for yeah. those, and then you actively go out and search yeah. for them, right? Then yeah. you actively go out. So you would go to somewhere farther away, like a Lake Mary, for example, and start saying, hey, you know, you have this yeah. practice up here in a very similar center. Would you be yeah. interested in opening up? It's similar demographics. So you start yeah. doing the research for them and, and you're, you're curating yeah. it. And that, that is a beautiful I word think... because it shows thoughtfulness and yeah. who you're bringing into the center. Yeah. And a lot of, Centers don't do that. They just put yeah. up an ad, and whoever wants to rent the space rents yeah. the space, and they might not be a good fit. When Andrew Frey in in Little Havana was building his a you know a unit building without parking that you know became a short term rental, and then you know it's it's evolved you know since then. I remember that the day that they did the groundbreaking, he says, I think that the, the tagline was Little Havana is the amenity. And it's this idea mm -hmm. of if you're creating, you know, a center, whether it's a shopping center or, or multifamily or whatever that, you know, you everybody's always looking for amenities. So when I look at a shopping center that has office on the top and, and retail at the bottom, I always look at that from the point of view of the landlord always has to consider that they're create they're not only cur curating the experience of the retail for the people that are showing up, but that you want to build amenity and amenity that is attractive to those that are in retail. Because I, I find that those retail ten those office tenants in retail spots they like two things: they love not having to be in a boxed-up building. They like that openness. They like being able to park, you know, mm -hmm. very close to where they're walking up the stairs to their office. They like that openness, but more importantly, they like the fact that they could go downstairs, get, grab a cup of coffee, develop relationships. They're, they, they're part of that community center experience and that they have services that they can address, you know. Right. So I'm, I'm going to go downstairs and I'm going to be able to have my, my dry cleaner. I'm going to go get a haircut. I'm going to do and, you know, grab a coffee, get something to eat or maybe happy hour, you know, like that right. other center had, uh, the you know, craft beer, the, the craft, craft beer. Right. I think the, the key when you're curating a center that has both retail and office is to look at the retail as, a, as an amenity to the office and vice versa. Correct. And you so, want to create synergies among right. among the tenants so that they create their own community within there and they can create their own referral base. I mean, think about right. it. If you have oh, an insurance so company and you're yeah. going down and you're talking coffee every day, yeah. you know, with the person yeah. behind the coffee bar, then mm -hmm. all of a sudden you might be like, hey, they need insurance, you know, well, so... Yeah. <laughs> and they don't have to get in the car and drive and they don't yeah. have to take time off of work to leave because yeah. they're basically taking either their coffee break or their lunch break yeah. on site. So yeah, to your point, creating the amenities. I, and I, and I, I do want to give a shout out to someone who I know uh, is a dear friend of, of yours and very special to our community and commercial real estate, Beth Azor, the canvassing queen, because yes. 
you know, she's always providing value and, and education online, especially on LinkedIn, which she's a, an amazing follow in LinkedIn, by the yes. way. Anybody I, in retail. Anybody <laughs> oh, in retail. Yeah. But really, beyond that, yeah. even if you're not in retail, here's where I think the lessons are universal, which is to be very purposeful in how you approach the filling of a space with the right tenant. And this idea that Beth doesn't think about well, I'm just gonna list this property. It'll be out there in the market, whoever calls me it is. Right. You know, she's always thinking about who is gonna be a best fit here, who's gonna benefit from being here, you know, which I think is a really interesting concept to, to think about, who is expanding, who is growing, and then reaching out to them and being proactive about, hey, by the way, I have this great space that I think would be, you should take a look at. I think that that's all about value, you know? Right, right, and she would say, going back to Beth and new markets, she would say, subscribe to the local newspaper, right? Because mm. you're gonna find out right. what's going on. You're gonna find out yeah. who's selling in the area, who might be, who's expanding, right? Mm -hmm. If you find out that Sprouts is moving in to the area, That's then so you know all of a sudden, so she always subscribes to the local um, newspaper and trade magazines and those mm. little value packs and everything she canvasses there. So huge shout out to Beth. She's a huge influence in our industry and so, ju so just in case sharing. right because we don't know who who listens to the podcast if you if you happen to be working for the uh, Lake Mary Gazette uh, <laughs> if there is a Lake Mary Gazette let, let us know we will we will Subscribe. take a subscription <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right awesome well I think we're ready for uh, for our stat of the uh, of the episode okay you know I have, I, ha I have been informed that I keep calling it a podcast but there's only one podcast and there are multiple episodes. So shout out to Karina for helping us, you know, to be educated on this. Yeah, we could have more than one podcast, but <laughs> we, no, I, I think we better get I think one, down, one down first. That's right. I think we got our hands full. Yes. One of the things that I, I noticed in, I thought it was an amazing stat. And I think it's important, especially when you're curating a space and seeing growth and potential. Gay Cor Cor Corcoran from um, uh, Chief Economist for the Miami Association of Realtors, again, another great LinkedIn follow. She posted this information about the average annual adjusted gross income of households that are moving in and out of South Florida. And this will educate you on, on why there is such price appreciation and such demand and that is that in between 2019, 2020, and 2021, the average adjusted annual gross in income of households that were moving out was hovering around $63,000 a year. The average of those average household incomes that were moving in was averaging, well, was averaging about $110,000 a year but in 2021, it hit a, a zenith of $229,000 a year. So again, you know, I think it's important to understand that uh, as, we, as our city is going through a growth period, to understand really what is the demographics, and part of that is the economy of those households that are moving into the city versus those that are moving out. So for me, I did a deep, deep dive into the demographic for my fun fact, and mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting that, well, not interesting, I guess that kind of begs the area, but yeah. that for the urban edge families, um, which are a big portion uh -huh. of the demographic up in Orlando. Their preferred activities are family outings to theme parks. 
<laughs> and they favor fast food dining places. They spend money carefully um, buying necessities, listen to Hispanic radio, and use the internet for socializing. So I thought that was really interesting because it, it shows that, to your point, build it and they will come. So people who are moving to the Orlando area definitely do like their theme parks and their fast foods. But in the younger demographic, and that's where you can see the changeover, but in the younger demographic that you alluded to, which was the Metro um, Fusion, they are very football and weightlifting are very popular activities. So UCF's Golden yeah. Knights have, a, have yeah. a captive audience. There you go. They certainly do. They certainly do. And again, what a what a great growing area it is. That entire Orlando, you know, Osceola County segment of uh, Central Florida, which you know, again, will continue to grow. The demographics show it, and you know, there's there's a lot of potential. Right. And there. I do want to do another shout out to Tim Weishire, who's yeah. very um, big up there in Orlando, knows the Orlando market extremely well because. Even though we went and did kind of a blind drive by as we get into this market, right. we will definitely be relying on him as the local market expert. So, For sure. Um, yeah. Shout out to him and shout out always, to him. always rely on your experts because, again, expertise is hyper local. Wonderful. All right, guys. Till next time. Thank you for pulling up a chair.